finding your way to a balanced way of living is the key to health and happiness. Each week on Choosing the Balanced Life with Diabetes, you'll hear tips and tools for a happier and healthier life. Here's your host, Anita Westlake. To pump or not to pump, that is a big question for those of us using insulin. Many of us are intimidated by tubing and the needle injections itself of this insulin delivering tool. Well, now there's a pump on the market that is tubeless and seems to be much more user-friendly. And here to tell us more about it is my guest, Yelda Hosgard, and he's with Omnipod. So I'm very excited to hear about this product. Tell us more about it. I'm really looking forward to talking about this today. Well, thank you, uh, Anita, and uh, thank you for having me. Um, Omnipod, in fact, was um, uh, originated back in, in, in the 90s of the concepts. Uh, you know, our father was was um, was looking for other options than, than what was uh, available at that point in time. And he gathered a group of, of engineers that, that really came together to look at, at how could you create a, a novel technology that would um, somehow make it easier to manage diabetes on a daily basis. And um, so the, the, the company Insulet Corporation, who, who um, is the manufacturer of Omnipod, was founded in, in 2000. And ultimately, the Omnipod product was, um, was launched in 2005. The product itself is a two-part system. It has a handheld controller, uh, much like you know you would know from the, the old PDAs or a cell phone. Now, and, I'm going to stop you there for a minute. A P, yeah. uh, we're using acronyms. And <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, you know, I find even myself, sometimes uh, because you're dealing with it every day, you understand the acronyms, but many of us may have to stop and think and miss part yeah. of the description. So what is, did you say PDA? Yes, and I'm very sorry. I used an acronym. I don't even know what that stands for originally, but it's... it's um. Uh, it was almost like a pager, or um, it, it was sort of a, a step towards a smartphone, you know. So it's it is a have it's a two part system. Meaning you have the actual we're going to call it the insulin pump, and then you have a handheld device that communicates with it that we can um, we can actually control. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. You can yep. control this pump with this separate handheld device rather than having tubes. Correct. Um, yeah. So it's a. It's a. Do you want me to start over right. a little bit of the description and then? Um, Just so everyone's okay. clear, what a, a pump is. Also, that this yeah. is not a miracle a worker. It's a more efficient way that we yeah. have found to um, deliver insulin. Now, it's not for everyone. There'll be some other things I know that we'll discuss. Nevertheless, it is a very efficient way of delivering insulin. So it is, again, a tool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Omnipod is a type of insulin pump, and it consists of two parts. It has a, um, a body-worn um, piece, which is um, a little um, it's the pump itself. It's sitting on a, on a basically a, a medical adhesive or a Band-Aid. You apply it to your body. That is the unit that contains the insulin and that will deliver insulin consistently over time. 
uh, and then you have a handheld controller that you basically use to to you know control this device with. So um, that's where you set the 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 rate of insulin delivery. Uh, that's how you give yourself a bolus, etc. So um, insulin you know pumping is uh, uh, a concept that dates quite far back. Um, I think it was back in 1963 that the very first insulin pump was developed, and um, uh, Ultimately, you, you basically had a, a it was sort of a backpack almost that you wore. Um, so we've come a long way. Uh, now you have something like the Omnipod, which is just very small, about, you know, again, this piece that you wear in your body, about the size of a, a small box of matches. And then uh, a handheld controller that you can um, simply uh, put away uh, when you're not adjusting your settings or, or giving yourself a bolus so you can keep that piece in your back or your locker room at school or you know, depending on your situation. So to go back just a little bit, just to mm -hmm. go back a little bit, bolus. Not everyone's yeah. familiar what that means. And that would mean this is your base insulin, we're going to call it. Some people call it a nighttime insulin, where it, it really lasts you, let's say, a 24-hour period. If you're giving it, like, with the pump, it's different than if you're injecting it. That's right. So with a pump, you use uh, a rapid-acting uh, insulin, first of all, and you have a, a basal rate that, again, you, you, you determine uh, exactly the, the, um, the amount of insulin that you would require for a basal rate with your healthcare professional. And um, you, you, you have a basal rate that, that is basically delivered consistently uh, throughout the whole day, so 24-7. Uh, now, you can set different... Uh, segments of basal rate adjustments based on you know your schedule during the day. If you have periods of, of high activities such as sports, um, if you know that you know in the morning time around you know your schedule there, you might require a little more uh, supplement. You know you could you could change those segments as well. But for um, uh, for a bolus, that's typically something you would give either as a correction bolus to adjust for a high um, BG or in relation to a meal. Um, so basically, when you um, when you intake uh, whatever amount of carbs, uh, you you know based on your um, your uh, what do you say um, insulin uh, sensitivity and correction factor, you know will will determine. Uh, the amount of insulin that, that you need per carb and, uh, and dose uh, accordingly. So typically, depending on, a little bit on the type of carb that you intake, you have about, a, you know, typically the peak uh, in, 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 in the rise in BG, you know, happens within an hour or so. So you want to determine your bolus. So pretty much in relation to a meal, give your bolus, you know, a little bit before a meal uh, to have the um, action of the insulin coincide with the peak of the, uh, of the BG. So it's really a mixture. So just to kind of clear this up a little bit, I'm going to give a little vision of what I do currently because I'm not on a pump. I'm actually t using the pen and I take my sugar pre a meal. And then in my mind, I look at the meal that I may have, you know, there's that factor that may change once you start eating. I look at the meal, I look at the sugar that I am entering the meal with, and I do a calculation in my head on how much of my fast-acting insulin, and we'll call that regular insulin, I would mm -hmm. take pre a meal. I know some people are mixtures, but and there's all kinds of different insulins, but we're just gonna deal, I'm gonna give my example at the moment. Mm -hmm. So 
I would say I'm going to have a full meal and I, I figure, gee, you know, I might have a little bit of fruit with my meal at the end, nothing too sweet. I'm not going to have any traditional uh, starches or carbs. I'm going to have vegetables and meat. So I now this is me. I'm going to give about four units of insulin. So then I take my insulin, I sit down, and I start to eat. I may or may not check it, but it wouldn't be after a meal, but it wouldn't be for a couple of hours. And that's if I feel off. Um, Mm -hmm. or something's going on. I ate a little bit more than I anticipated. I would take it maybe 45 minutes after I ate because it has to have time to go through your system and see how it used that insulin that I took pre a meal. So that's what I currently do. And I take multiple shots a day. If Mm -hmm. I'm not, if I've had more activity, I might hold back a little bit, not to have a low blood sugar. If I'm, you know, dealing with a cold or something, I'll check it far more often knowing I may or may not need extra insulin, but it's, something that I play with and take multiple injections in a day. So yeah. what would be the difference? Because I'm on a nighttime insulin, which is a 24 hour. And I definitely need that because, you know, I, I've missed it actually, to be honest with you, in my 38 years of being a diabetic, <laughs> I have missed that shot. And I did notice a huge difference in managing my sugar the next day. So that really brought it home on how necessary my nighttime shot, my slow-acting 24-hour insulin, how very important it is, along with my fast-acting insulin that deals with the peaks in meals. Or, you know, I might have high blood sugar for various reasons. And if you're diabetic, you know this, or caring for someone, it could be a cold, it could be all kinds of things, stress, and your sugars will go up and there's no rhyme or reason. And you want to be careful not to overdo the insulin insulin but nevertheless you do have to deal with it and in fact as acting insulin is very effective for most of us so what mm-hmm. would be the difference in my pre-meal so i just give you a description i take my blood sugar i in my mind calculate okay you know this is what i'm going to eat knowing over 38 years how this food and playing with it you know testing it out playing with it how this food is going to affect my body and my sugars and I give my insulin then and then I go ahead and eat so what would be the difference between what I currently do and the pump well so again first of all um, currently you you then use a long-acting insulin and and then you have a um, the short-acting that you use in in conjunction with your meal with the pump you only use one type of insulin so it's it's um it's all the rapid acting and the pump will simply take care of, of again the constant delivery of insulin throughout the day and one of the advantages of that is, you know, you brought up a really interesting example where you forgot to take your um, nighttime insulin, and that impacted obviously how you were able to control your uh, glucose levels the following day. Um, with the pump, with the constant basal rate, you don't have to, you know, worry with all these different impulses that come throughout the day, stresses, activities. You don't have to worry about whether you forgot to take uh, an injection, for example, because the pump will simply take care of the delivery constantly throughout the day. You also have greater controls around how to change potentially that delivery rate to adjust for certain segments. Um, so basically, you can fine-tune it to fit better with the schedule that you have throughout the day, because not one day is 100% the same. Um, with respect to the meal um, uh, insulin, you know, there it's 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 quite the same, but as opposed to having to take out um, 
uh, a pen or a syringe, you know, you, you can simply press a button and, and it's, a, it's a fair bit more discreet in terms of, um, of managing that side of things. A pump also comes with some advanced features such as um, uh, an insulin on board um, calculator. So it can help you keep track of how much insulin is basically still working in your body. Um, and, uh, you know, it can take into account, again, both correction um, boluses and meal boluses uh, to uh, to help you keep track, uh, again, of, of, of how much insulin they have so that you don't end up stacking insulin. Um, and, and again, in the example where you may not even remember if you've taken an injection or not, you know, that's that's helpful. The system can simply help you keep track of those kinds of things. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to talk a little bit about that because that is so very important and I don't know if um, some of my listeners really can appreciate what you're saying here in the way that, again, 38 years and, I, you know, kids, I, I have a single mom and have kids running around. They're older now. They still run around nevertheless. But where you're busy and I've been doing a bunch of things and thought, oh, did I take my insulin? Did anyone see me take my insulin before a meal? And I've had to back up and said, well, I'm going to go ahead with the meal and check it about 15 minutes after I eat. And that's going to give me somewhat of an indication whether I've taken my insulin or not. It's happened very, very rarely to me, but it has happened. So that's a great feature along with... You're calling it stacking the insulin, but what I, again, what I I would like to bring out to the listeners is that sometimes people are so afraid of having low blood sugars, and not just the diabetic, Mm -hmm. but people around them supporting them are thinking, well, you know, uh, have more to eat, or, geez, your sugar's high, take more insulin, when they don't realize that you can quickly overdo it. And knowing, well, you know, I don't know... If I really need more insulin, or um, you know, I need I need to have more sugar. Having that margin, being able to tell you how much insulin has been given and what's still working in your body, can really help you before you work out, before you do all kinds of things, and making really solid decisions and managing your sugars. That's right. Because it can be a very daunting thing, um, even myself. Now, mind you, I've really I've made it a mission to really see how things affect my body. But there's always something that crops up, and it's always in the back of my mind. This seems to give a person a lot more confidence in making yeah. a decision and having that much more knowledge around their decision making. That's right. Now, how user-friendly is it in this way? Because, again, it could be children, the elderly. How user-friendly is this knowledge for others that are helping to support the diabetic? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question and something that obviously vary a little bit from person to person. But, you know, we, we've, we've designed a device that we um, find to be quite user-friendly um, you know, we've tested with our users the easiness of training. It's one of the things that we like to be be uh, communicating a lot also to healthcare professionals, that it is, it is fairly intuitive. Um, now, there's obviously a bit of a, a journey going from, you know, using injections going on to a pump in general. And, you know, it's our job, um, along with providing the product, to ensure that that journey is as, as smooth as possible. 
And, uh, you know, there are, there are many advanced features of a pump that you don't necessarily need to try to master from, from day one. And I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, again, the concept of the basal versus bolus, right, as you change from having a long-acting insulin to, you know, only a rapid-acting, those are the fundamental concepts. And you kind of go back to basics a little bit with the carb counting and how all that works. And I think knowing how to live with that is sort of just step number one. And then you can add on with, with some of the more advanced topics, such as, again, you know, the, the bolus calculator or insulin on board and those kinds of features. Um, while there are, you know, great tools that can absolutely help you in your um, daily management and decision making, um, I think that's where, you know, as a, as a, as a user of these devices, uh, we got to some got to take a little bit of a step back sometimes and, and not let us be overwhelmed by by what these tools can also um, do and if we, if we choose to use the, the full breadth of it or not. It sounds like it has a lot of features, but and I would like to give uh, uh, some kind of a description so that my mm-hmm. listeners can, in their minds, close their eyes and envision what this looks like. I know that we can go online and you've got a great yep. presentation on YouTube. If you go to Omnipad and you look this up, we can all have a look at it but i'd like to right now give a visual so it's fairly small as you said the size of a matchbook but that there's a thickness involved to that and a weight of course yeah Um, and what would the thickness be roughly um the 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 part itself is um it's about, do you want this in inches or centimeters? No, we have an international audience. Okay, if we could do both, that would be great. Because when I look at it, you know what it reminds me? You're going to laugh at me. But I envisioned in a description, if you look at some of these little prepackaged, when you go to a restaurant, they have these little prepackaged jams and peanut butters. And right. if you stacked two of them together, that's roughly the shape. And in my opinion, the thickness. Yeah, that's a good visual. So to give the exact specifications, it's it's about 1.5 inches wide, two inches long, and half an inch um, tall. And in centimeters, that's um, three, almost four centimeters uh, wide, five centimeters uh, long, and uh, one and a half centimeter uh, tall. And, so it's um, fairly small. Yeah. It weighs about 25 grams, um, well, that's, you know, 0.8 ounces um, without without the insulin in it. It's it's very uh, light. And, in fact, we introduced a new version of this product um, just uh, roughly two years ago, uh, and it reduced the overall dimension of this um, pod by, by 33%. So it's even smaller currently? It is. It's uh, it's smaller currently than the original version that was launched back in 2005. We have about we have more than 75 users actually using the product uh, on a, on a worldwide basis today. Um, so we've been very quickly accelerating. And you know, I think one key thing you mentioned earlier was, um, you know, why to pump or not to pump. <laughs> you know, it was it was in the introduction and. Um, when we offered this product to the market, there's no doubt that we have enabled more people to accept um, pump therapy um, than before. Uh, we did a survey recently to our uh, user base, and um, 
they they came back and told us that you know 53 percent of them uh, would, was, would most likely still have been on on multiple daily injections uh, if if Omnipod had not been an option for them, and um, we're very excited about that. I mean, we we obviously you know strongly believe in the value of pump therapy. Um, again, it's you know we, we believe in the choice at least. It's not right for 100% of people, but we believe in 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 the product naturally uh, and the the clinical uh, advantages that it can provide. And uh, by offering that to a greater range of people is uh, is phenomenal. And um, we're 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 sorry to see sometimes that people may have uh, a misunderstanding of what a pump is. Um, that it's something overly bulky or um, complicated, and those kinds of perceptions may keep people away from accepting pump therapy. Um, and um, we we obviously will advocate that uh, you know trying something like Omnipod um, would 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 most likely make a difference. Well, in that as a as a person that takes insulin, I've I've gone through all kinds of changes in my thirty eight years of, of managing diabetes, and yeah. I've had all kinds of things happen. I started with a glass syringe, and I say this over and over again. And after and taking one injection a day, which was not ideal. And a lot of people would have thought, well, when they introduced multiple injections, it went multiple became two, that why would you want to go that way? Well, it became much more efficient in managing diabetes and you felt better because it's not, you know, it's, you really don't feel well when you're not managing your diabetes. You don't feel well. So that was a great step forward. And I welcome that along with that came along disposable needles. And along mm -hmm. with that became, well, very quickly they said, if you're willing to give yourself two, why not more? Why not more and tighten up your control? So we quickly went to that. And after that came the pen and that was all marvelous. But along with all of this, it's still trying. You're still having to manage. You're still having to take insulin. You're still wanting to feel like a part of society and normal. So having to go to the pump, I can see where a lot of people, and I'm one of them, would hesitate. You're also giving over your control to a device. Mm -hmm. If you've been controlling your diabetes for a number of years, that is a very difficult thing to do. You're now trusting, not, you're trusting yourself, but I think in our minds, we think we're also trusting a piece, a tool, a piece of equipment no. to do what we already have control of, that we're trying to master, that we work with. And that can be a very scary thing, I think. So how user-friendly is this? I, I mean, the first thing I would worry about is low blood sugars. That would be my first worry, that I would be, this thing's just taking control and I'm getting too much insulin. So oh. for someone who's on the pen, and I, I am very interested in mm -hmm. the Omnipod and really interested. I may go on it. I like the idea, the ease of it. I know that uh, they're really saying that the pump is the way to go for administering, administering insulin, although it is not for everyone. And I'm imagining because there is a lot of work to be done with the pump, meaning you have to have a relationship. It has to coincide with your lifestyle and a commitment to use it properly. Yeah. And I would say, but that's with taking insulin, period. It's a commitment to take multiple injections, and it would be a commitment to work with the pump. So here's someone like myself that's very interested in the pump, 
and I've been taking insulin for a long time through injections that I make the decision on whether they were one injection day or multiple, I have control. So what would be the first step in getting someone used to the pump, in pumping, to pump or not to pump? Obviously, we just don't, we're not thrown into the water. Is this something that we just get used to maybe just wearing it? Um, what would be some of the first steps in our training to use the pump properly? Well, so we're very proud of obviously the, the type of training that we provide. And, and um, we have a clinical uh, services team that is there to you know help both obviously in the training and after to ensure that the transition onto pump therapy is going well. Um, so it's not a one-off and then you're left to your own uh, devices. Um, uh, we have 24-7 uh, support um, that you can call up and ask questions. And again, our clinical team uh, is, is very committed to ensuring that everybody is set up uh, successfully. Um, so you, you would know, show it, a person how to actually uh, just, I would have no idea how this pump would be attached to my body. I love the fact that it doesn't have tubes. So yeah. could, could you describe how do I get this small little pad to sit <laughs> on my body and give insulin? There's got to be an injection involved. And what, oh, yeah. okay. what does that involve? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So instead, one, let's break it down in very simple terms. I mean, the, the, um, the pod itself, which, which is the, the pumping uh, piece of the system, uh, you have a little fill port on the backside. So again, visualize this sort of, you know, box of matches essentially. Again, on, on one side, it has a medical adhesive. So that's the Band-Aid that it's sitting on. On that side, there's a little fill port. So you put it upside down with the adhesive looking up uh, and you uh, take your insulin, fill it in a syringe, and fill up the pod using using that syringe. And, and is that uh, quite easy to do? Does it give you a measurement of how much it would hold? Like, is it really a three-day doses? It, what if it happens? I don't take a lot of you know a lot of yeah. insulin versus someone else. I know people that take you know seventy-five units, and I'm on let's say uh, really with my nighttime insulin, I might take thirty altogether. Maybe I might even be less some days, 25, 20 units. So obviously there's different requirements. How much would these little devices hold? So our device holds up to 200 units of insulin. So that's that's the maximum that over a three-day period you would use. What typically happens with pump therapy, and this is um, well-documented in, in a variety of, of research, you typically tend to see a bit of a drop in insulin use with a pump. Um, for all sorts of reasons, but you'll work out with your healthcare provider exactly how much insulin do you need. And then there's some, some adjustment time as you learn how your body is reacting to this different way of, of taking insulin. Um, and uh, and you, you adjust the, the amount of insulin uh, that you really require throughout that period of time. Um, so another question, and I hate to interrupt you, but what happens okay. if, it, okay, this is on your body before we get to the injection part, but it's on your body for three days. You're putting in, it will hold, like you said, up to 200 units, yeah. which is wonderful. What if you didn't use that up and now your three days are up? Does that insulin get wasted? You don't have to fill it with 200 units. Uh, there's a minimum of 85 units uh, to activate the pod. Um, and few people use that 
little insulin. I mean, we have a very large amount of um, our user base that are below the age of, of 20 or fall in the, what we call the pediatric segment, right? But uh, actually about a third of our user base is, is below the age of, of, of 20. And, and they're typically the ones that require a bit less insulin, of course. Um, but 85 units is the minimum uh, that you fill it with, and, and then up to 200 units. So you can calibrate how much you choose to put in the pod to, to, to not waste any insulin. And then would it tell you, if you put 85 units in, knowing it's for three days and that, that you in your mind think that suffice and you've worked with, you're starting to work with training and your health care provider, if you needed to top that up for some unknown reason, and it does happen, we, it is diabetes, could you then top it up while it's still in or attached to your body? No. Once you've filled it and applied it to your body, then you wouldn't be able to change the amount of insulin that you have uh, in the device. Um, you've got to wait till you take the next one and fill that one up. So if you run out of insulin prior to the three-day period, you would you would apply a new a new pot. And would it let you know? Okay, sorry, you've hit your you've used it all up. Does it have a little alarm or something you could check? Absolutely. The, the system has um, a series of different uh, alerts to, to um, let you know of different situations, one of them being that uh, either the pod is coming to uh, the end of its lifetime, you know, the three days is about to be up, or uh, the insulin is, is low on, um, the pod is low on insulin. Okay, that's, now that's very helpful. Going back now, how do we attach this to our body? Is this something scary? <laughs> because that does scare me about the pump. I, I take inje injections all the time, but mine are little yeah. with the pen. And most people are little with the pen, and they're used to it. It's a pen. You stick it in, off you, you push a button, and off you go. Are these a lot bigger than these traditional, traditional injections? They're, they're not. You will actually find, you mentioned YouTube. If you go on there, there are a bunch of um, our users that have put up videos, uh, you know, kids uh, in their, uh, you know, eight, nine, you know, seven years old that are so proud of how they're so easily able to uh, fill a pod, apply it and activate it all on their own. And I think, you know, obviously everything takes a little bit of getting used to, but imagine replacing your multiple daily injections with just one, uh, injection essentially every three days and um, uh, we have an automatic insertion so you will never see a needle it's a, it's a unique feature of our product uh, what happens when you fill the pod so you apply it to the site that you choose again because of no tubing you have many more site options as well which is another advantage uh, I noticed that they were even using the leg in YouTube and that is something that when I was a kid, we started with leg and arms. Arms are yeah. more difficult, but that's where they told us to give insulin. Then they went on to the abdominal area. And then, yeah. of, of course, long-acting insulin, they suggested around your hip, around your back and your, your buttocks. And yeah. that was all great, but not an easy area to continually reach to, especially if you were injured or, you know, just all kinds of things. You don't have the same visual. So this... Right. I noticed in the video that they were using the leg and they were using areas that I had gotten away to away from because when you give multiple shots, you are in the risk of developing insulin pools, which we called hills, and yeah. insulin valleys, which were actually from giving multiple shots and the skin would kind of cave in. And I've seen many young people 
uh, that I started out with later on come up with, let's say by the time they were 18 or 17, come up with these hills and valleys. And that was what was so important in changing our sites. But when you're taking multiple injections, you're also looking for many sites because you're taking multiple a day. So right. what happens with the pump? Are we in risk? Is it still performing well, giving it in the leg? Is the absorption still ideal? And are we at risk of these insulin pools where, you know, it builds up that you can have these, I'm going to call them hills and valleys? Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that you obviously will need to, you know, adapt to to, to your own you know circumstances. But basically, with the freedom to pick more sites, again, you have more rotation options. And, and uh, we strongly encourage that you do not uh, stick with one site for um, long periods of time, but that you rotate to... Um, to essentially reduce the the um, the risk of developing, you know, uh, the, the the scar tissue that, that you're talking about, and um, uh, yeah, I mean the freedom provides an, an advantage uh, from that standpoint, and it can also help with with the insulin absorption. Um, in that aspect. So really the insulin absorption so far, the feedback hasn't come to you saying we have found it isn't as effective using the top of your thigh, please don't do that, or the back of your arm, that's not suggested. Obviously, if if that is in the works and people are using it, it's still working quite well and you do have that range of sites versus injections. That that's That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, we we have not we have not seen any feedback come back to say that one one area is is um, is less suitable than than another. I mean, typically the guideline that we'll give is you can apply the pod anywhere you would give yourself um, an injection. Um, it has to be a bit of fatty uh, tissue, uh, and um, uh, that that's that's essentially the only guideline that exists around that. And how deep does this needle go? Is it actually a needle? It is. It is a needle when it inserts um, the the cannula. There is no needle that is left inside your body for um, for for a long period of time. When when the pod um, inserts the cannula, the needle shoots in one two hundredth of a second and retracts. And again, it just leaves a little small. Um, it leaves a little uh, plastic uh, cannula inside a Teflon cannula. So how far under the skin does this go? Because I think a lot of people that aren't on the pump and visualize that we're getting harpooned by something and, you know, that it stays in you. How far under the skin would this go? So first of all, again, with the automatic insertion, um, you, you never see a needle. You just press a button and the pod will insert a small Teflon cannula. Um, in the insertion of that Teflon cannula, it just shoots in a needle and retracts it, retracts it in one two hundredth of a second. The actual depth of this cannula that it leaves in is, is only about a quarter of an inch, um, that or 6.5 millimeters. Which is very, it's, it's very little. So it's not daunting having this under the skin or it's not so deep where you may feel uncomfortable with the idea. And the other thing that I like about this is that it's user-friendly for those who haven't been familiar with giving needles, support by family caregivers. It must be much easier for them to help the diabetic. 
Absolutely. I mean, again, it's 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 a tool that uh, can help you keep better track of your insulin um, yeah, your insulin dosage, and um, it becomes a great tool for caregivers as well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have a, a lot of our uh, uses that are um, you know pediatric, and um, for 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 those particular uses, this is a system for the entire family, and. Um, it certainly can can help uh, support uh, the involvement of, of, um, of family members or other caregivers um, in the in the daily diabetes management. Well, that's wonderful. And I've always given my own insulin. I could count on one hand, and it would maybe be two fingers, how many times someone else is giving me my injection. I'm not comfortable with it, only because it's a needle that you have to fill up or you have to with even with the pen which is great you still have to dial an amount this seems to be a much more user-friendly system in the way that other people can help support you with a, a much greater comfort level and perhaps just in the insertion without a lot of background training if Correct. it's just in the insertion, I'm not talking about the management of the pump, but the, with the insertion, it sounds like it would be a lot easier for even those who hadn't received training to help someone with diabetes insert this if they needed that help. Absolutely. So the, the uh, handheld PDM, uh, personal diabetes management, that was, that's what we call the handheld controller, uh, has very uh, intuitive uh, screens that guide you through the activation process. So it basically tells you exactly what to do step by step. And, and this uh, is the second part to the system. Other than the pod, now we've talked about inserting the pod, which seems to be you know, quite easy, and we're not looking at needles, and, and now we've attached this to our bodies. Now this is the second part of the system where you're actually controlling the pod. Yeah. Yep. So when you activate a pod, you use the controller to 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 start it up, and um, again breaks it down in very simple steps and one step at a time. So even without um, any any training, I dare to say, uh, it, it is a fair, it's a quite intuitive process. Um, we work a lot on uh, usability testing. Uh, it's actually one of the things that we've worked a lot on with the FDA here in the U.S. as well to make these systems as easy to use as possible. Um, so we're very proud of that and easy and safe to use as possible. So um, that, that's a big part of it. Uh, but after you've activated the system, yes, this handheld controller is, is, is again where you keep your settings. That's where you set exactly how much insulin you uh, you need um, for basal rate as well as uh, for bolus. And uh, we talked a little bit about the caregiver um, situation. So imagine this, um, now we, we have a, a, a documented range, we say up to five feet uh, is the communication range between this handheld controller and the, the pod. Um, but we have users who have told us that you know, they have had their child sitting around playing in, in a corner of the room, you know, and and the mother will take the, the PDM and um and uh and basically can uh can adjust uh the settings right then and there or give a bolus um uh if the child just uh you know wanted a snack. Uh, they could do all these things without the child even knowing. Um, no need to, to, to do an injection um, in that instance. Again, the, the injection only happens, in, again, every one every three days. 
and, and then you can just control your dosage on this handheld device uh, from that point forward. So if you're, here's something that I want to explore because I think it's difficult for a lot of people. Uh, you're, you're out and you're enjoying yourself and teenagers, older people, you know, traveling, all of us. And we decide, everyone says, oh, we're going to stop. We're going to have a snack and maybe you want to partake in it. But it's not a normally planned meal. So yeah. normally what I would do is I'd have to wash my hands, check my blood sugar, calculate the snack I'm going to have and take my injection. And I can do all that quite quickly. But what, what you're saying with this, if this happens off the cuff or someone decides to go for late night pizza or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you're just recalculating carbs, sugars that you're adding to your diet, and it deals with it immediately. Correct. You still want to go through the practice of testing your glucose levels so that you know exactly how much to um, to dose. Uh, that, that should still be factored into your decision-making, of course. Um, so that is you, still part and parcel with the pump? That is this something that you would put in? My sugar is currently, let's just say we have 6.1 as a sugar. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I apologize. Uh, I'm not sure what that is on the other scale. Six point one is what a meter would read at traditionally. But I understand that you know it could be that could be a reading of I think what one ninety or something. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the margins are, but we're going to use one six point one because that's what I'm familiar with. And you yeah. would add that into your handheld device along with counting carbs. Correct. And then it would be able to give the insulin. So you still have to do a lot of the work that you might be doing with a pen, yep. but it seems to be a lot more user-friendly. Yes. And there are a couple of key features that come into play, again, if you choose to use them, um, uh, such as uh, there's a built-in food library, so it can store, uh, so it has presets of, of foods that you can use as a guidance to help uh, with with the carb counting, and um, as well as this this feature that we discussed um, with insulin on board, where you know as you you know take a meal bolus, it can take into consideration how much insulin you currently. Uh, have on board still working in your body so that it can it can factor that into the dose that you're now giving and that that's obviously something that can be hard to uh, to keep track of otherwise um, so so that's another key feature that could be uh, something well I don't know how you would keep track of that it would again be a feeling that's just knowledge that you collect yep. as an individual on traditionally how your body reacts because you've you've been on a certain program but life happens and it's really hard to do the same thing every single day. And that's where I think people fall. And this seems to give you a bit of a safeguard to say, hey, you've got some extra insulin on board. You don't necessarily need all this while you take in these extra carbs. What about if you're eating something, and this would be a big thing for vegetarians or even someone like myself that really try to keep their carbs down, whether it's fruit bread traditionally, what have you, and you're eating, and it sounds odd, but this is a favorite snack of mine, is a bowl of raw kale with a little bit of olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's very little carbs, okay, if anybody. Could you program something like that into your machine? Because how do you count something like that? That's a really difficult thing. Is this something that, you know, you could kind of, because that I deal with this all the time, that you could work with with a device that it could support you well you're not getting a lot of carbs but you may need something yeah 
you can add you can add um, foods to the food library. So if you have you know foods that you you tend to enjoy often, you can you can program those in so that you don't have to um, to do the same math every time. And is there support with that? Because I wouldn't have a clue on how to program that. Is there a a lot of support? Because there's got to be a lot of support around the carb counting and measuring of what you're taking in. Is that something that we have to go outside of Omnipod to get support with, or is that something that Omnipod would work with the user? Um, yeah, the device itself cannot um, help you determine exactly the contents of the, of the food. Um, so you will need to know what to input into the device so that basically then keep it in the library. Uh, so, so you would need to go outside for for the information around, you know, what exactly a food um, contains. But you would have the support from Omnipod on how to enter this information. Oh, absolutely. So uh, the the entering of the information, no doubt about it. And obviously, with every device comes uh, a very um, comprehensive user manual that that describes uh, every single aspect of the feature in depth uh, with, with very easy steps on how to do things. Plus, again, we got a 24-7 uh, customer care line uh, that, that you can call and, and ask these kinds of questions. So what if you're on vacation and you're at the beach yep. and you're eating on the beach, so you've got your handheld device, your, your second part of um, Omnipod, and mm -hmm. you lose it? What would happen to someone then? What would they do? <laughs> you're on vacation, you know, you could be in Bora Bora, lucky you, and you're on the beach and you've lost your handheld device because that would be something I would be very fearful of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we obviously want people to, to, to take great caution in, 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 um, in how they, they uh, you know, keep their devices. Um, you know, should it happen, worst case scenario, um, we we do try to go above and beyond to ensure that we can get um, a replacement product to people uh, wherever they are. Um, but you gotta you gotta take your own safety precautions as well. And um, you know, it, it's a, it's a technology, and I think we always recommend people have a backup pin just in case uh, to to make sure that they have an alternative. Um, therapy in case something should happen. Well, thank you for saying that because I think that's an important thing to remember that this is a wonderful device that gives us all kinds of support, but it's still another device that we have and we can lose them, but you can lose the pen. That's right. Exactly. So it's always good to have a backup. I'm wondering yeah. how many people are knowledgeable about the pen because uh, they've started off with the pump. That would be a whole other show. But it's good yeah. to have both and understand both. By the sounds of it, I know that a lot of healthcare professionals are really supporting the pump. And a lot of the data that's been collected by the governments, different governments, are really supporting the pump in healthcare. Yeah. And I believe it must be a wonderful system in helping us keep our sugars in more control. And it sounds like it has quite a few features. So you can pre-program your carbs, your food, which is really, really handy, especially with your favorite foods. I think that's wonderful. You're yeah. taking less injections. It's more user-friendly, even for those around us supporting us, hopefully, or if we do need a hand. And that's recently come to my own attention where really no one has given me my insulin when I was in the hospital having my children, 
Uh, then, you know, a couple of times nurses try to give it to me and I had to stop them and say, I'm sorry, I prefer to do this myself. Yeah. Whether, you know, whether I'm not moving so well because I had cesareans with both my children, uh, I still want to do it myself. I didn't even like the idea of the doctor giving me a booster shot for certain mm-hmm. things because I was that used to giving my own injections. So this seems to kind of take that away and, and enable other people to help you, which is important. And I realize I'm not a one-man ship. We all need help from time to time. But how would they help me? And this seems like a great option. I think so. Absolutely. And really empower someone and those around us because it can be daunting. How do we help those uh, of our loved ones that are living with diabetes? I don't want to give a needle. I don't understand how this uh, works. I'm not comfortable. But this system seems to be user-friendly across the board where someone would be quite comfortable or more comfortable helping you with this small device without tubes and you don't see the needle as you said. So if you don't see the needle, how do you remove this needle after injecting it? I'm going to say injecting it because that's the term I'm used to saying. Sure. Uh, Again, first of all, the the needle itself is not left uh, inside the body. The the needle um, retracts uh, instantly when it inserts the Teflon cannula. So, so again, remember, it's just a small Teflon cannula that, that is actually left out, uh, which is where the, the insulin comes through uh, and drips you know, throughout the day. And when you remove the pot, again, it, it just sits on, a, on a, a medical adhesive. You peel it off, and um, automatically uh, the, the, the cannula follows with it. Um, there's no risk of it staying behind. And then it just comes right out. So the yep. the mechanism you would use to insert this needle, and I understand it comes right out, but this would be something separate from the pod? No, it's all built in. So it's, um, it's an automatic insertion. There is only the two systems that we've talked about, um, the, the two pieces to the system that we've talked about, the pod and, and the personal diabetes manager. And um, so when you, when you apply the pod, you just press a button on the personal diabetes manager and it automatically inserts. Wow. Yeah. And that's per pod. So now you're done with the pod, you dispose of it in a yeah. safe manner, I would imagine. And uh, hopefully people are doing that. And then you have a whole new pod. Now, is this an expensive process to go through? It, it depends very much on your healthcare um, coverage. I know, again, we're talking to an international audience so that's going to vary greatly by um, by country. Um, we are marketed in, in, in most European uh, countries and, um, and and obviously in the U.S. and Canada. But um, you know, typically people have uh, great healthcare coverage, and uh, it's the um, it's the insurance that picks up um, the, the bulk of the cost. So at this point, there is no figures because most, well, we would hope people would have some support and coverage in this area. The handheld device is a one-time purchase? Correct. And you can purchase more than one because we did talk briefly before we've had this interview. And that was one of the first questions and I'm sure many people are asking right now, can I get more than one for a backup? Yeah, so we, we you know, offer... Um, you know, uh, uh, what do you sort of call it, a backup um, solution or, you know, replacement, if you will. So, yes, it's correct that we offer um, 
a uh, backup uh, PDM uh, if, if that's if, if you want. Many people choose to buy a separate PDM just to to have uh, a spare, and uh, it's not something that you need. But again, some people uh, prefer to do that. So now you're in Bora Bora. You've you've lost your handheld device that goes with it. You thankfully you have a pen that you've brought with this, and so you're okay. You're all right. You're managing. You're going along. Now you go home and you have your spare. The other device has not been found. It's somebody's got it on the beach somewhere. You know. And now you have a backup. What if you didn't have that backup at home? You replace these devices for people? We we do, yes. So this it, is, I'm thinking, I'm putting it in my mind like a cell phone. Yeah. Where something could be shipped out, uh, there would be obviously a cost involved. Yeah, it depends a little bit on the situation. I mean, we we typically again it varies a bit country by country, but we we tend to warrant the device for up to four years. And um, in case something happens with it, you you, you drop it, it's broken. Um, we um, we we offer uh, replacement uh, services in those cases. Um, we 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 go quite. Um, uh, out, of our, out of our way to make sure that the people are satisfied. So that's great. So if you did drop it, it was damaged and you couldn't use it, there is support there to help you keep on using a tool to help you manage your diabetes um, and then fix it or send you out a new one. But there is that sort of support in these cases. Correct. Because if you did drop it, and how would you ever you know, gauge your meal or do anything, it would be pretty, uh, it would be pretty scary. So are these very durable pieces of equipment? They are. Um, I think the way we phrase it in our use of manual is that they can withstand um, quite a bit of abuse. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a technological device and uh, we obviously want to make sure that the people take, take care of it like you would with your cell phone. Um, but they're, they're quite, quite durable. And are they waterproof? So the handheld device itself is not waterproof. So you mentioned the example where you would be on the beach. Uh, you would leave your, your controller uh, behind in your back, and, but you could absolutely wear the pod into the water. That's another key advantage of uh, the Omnipod, that if you want to go in the water, you take a shower, you want to go in the pool, uh, you do not have to disconnect um, from, from, from our system. Uh, and that's important, again, to maintain uh, good control. Uh, if you disconnect from insulin delivery, uh, you know, it's like disconnecting your pancreas, right? You know, you, you typically wouldn't uh, wouldn't do that. Um, so well, to have the constant rate of delivery even while going in the water is important. Well, it is because, again, you're replacing what I'm calling the long-acting insulin, our nighttime injections. And so mm -hmm. if you disconnect, that would really kind of throw you off and you would have to get right back on board and do a lot of, let's say, not a, who knows if it's a lot or a little, but you would have to start reworking things rather than keeping everything status quo. That's right. It would take you some time to basically recalibrate and get into a steady state. Now, with this pod and it being inside of you and you're on the beach, you know, sand, all kinds of things out there, is there, what fear of infections would we have to be weary of? The inf infections? Could there be possible chance of infections because this is inside, there is, 
you know, this little device that's hooked into you. I'm going to say hooked into you. I'm using really mm-hmm. layman terms, but you know, it's in you. I know it's covered, but is is the seal really covered enough where we don't have to worry about infections or you know it getting infected because we're on the beach or we're somewhere or rolling? Kids are rolling around. I mean, kids must roll around with these things on them. Absolutely, yeah. It's and there's there's never. Um, we never guarantee no risk of, of, of that, you know, happening. But the seal is quite tight. It's sitting on a very tight medical adhesive. Um, but you wear it on your body, and you will very quickly um, sense if, if if something has happened. And um, I mean, side infections is 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 a possibility. But uh, the three-day wear um, is actually meant to uh, sort of counteract that. So the, the very reason that you wouldn't typically go beyond three days is because that greatly um, increases the risk of side infections. Um, so with the three, we're changing it every three days, uh, you clean the side every time, um, the, the, the risk of, of infection in that case uh, is, um, is quite low. Well, that's great. And what would be the typical time? So if I decide to go with the Omnipod, I mean, it sounds wonderful. I like the idea of no tubes. And mm-hmm. sleeping must be much easier. I was always imagining myself ripping something out of me, you know, rolling around uh, that would catch on something. So this, when I saw it, I was very impressed that it's on point. So where you're putting it, that's where it stays. And that's it. That's That's all it has. And I like the idea that it's small because, again, I don't want anything bulky that's going to show with my clothing. If I can avoid it and, I, and I'm using multiple injections, I will avoid it. A lot of us feel that way. So that's that's all very important. But what would be your average time in getting used to the pump? Do you have any kind of gauge where you might say, hmm. well, it could take you about a month? You know, where is it a long commitment or what kind of support? Is there a time limit? Is there a class that you take? But after that, okay, you're kind of, you know, you're having to call every day and get additional support. What do you slot in for training and time? Yeah, no, it's um, it's a really good question. And, and uh, I love I could I love it if I could get inside the head of, of, of everyone <laughs> to see exactly what's going on in that in that experience. But um, what, do you, what do you allow as a company in your training? You must have a time frame where you say, okay, we, we give you training three weeks or a month. After that, you may need additional, and that's okay. They'll work with an individual. But what would be, like in your class time, what do you normally slot in? What do you allow for? Yeah, we typically will check in, you know, a couple of weeks after the initial training. You know, we could absolutely have conversations, um, you know, within that period of time as well if, if needed. But we like to check back in just to see how people are doing and ensure that everything is, is going well. But I can tell you um, that, you know, the first time I applied the system, um, it's brand new to the experience as well. And it took me less than a day. I completely forgot I was wearing it. And we hear that all the time from our users. I mean, you literally forget uh, that it's on. And um, uh, from so from a, a sensing the device standpoint, that that to me at least took um, almost no getting used to. Um, it just sits on your body, and it becomes it becomes uh, a part of you. I mean, actually, to the point where. Uh, we've been joking around. People say, you know, they're doing the pot margarina, 
because they're sort of grasping, you know, where did, where did I put it? Was it on the back of my arms, you know, to feel up the arms and the lower back, et cetera. So you can imagine sort of the dance <laughs> right. where people are trying to find where they put it. And um, it's something that happens from time to time because you literally forget that it's there. I mean, from a therapy standpoint, it's, it's very hard to speak to how long it takes you to, to get used to your change. Again, if you've been managing your, your diabetes and injections for, you know, for many years, um, and you're like changing your, like you, right? And you're changing your routine. It's it's um your situation is going to be a bit different than if you basically you know fairly newly diagnosed. You may only have you know been on injections for half a year prior to choosing a pump. Um, that journey is different, and I, I can't say that there's there's a, a template for everybody, but. Um, we try to do the best, at least, that we can to to ensure that that we cater to these different journeys that people are on, and we make it a, a, a seamless an experience as possible. Well, I guess I'm more concerned for those who don't feel techy that they're intimidated by these devices. Whether it's a, it could even be a cell phone, people are intimidated by cell phones. They need them, but they'll say, "I don't know how to work this thing. I've had this thing a year. I still don't know how to work it." So there is more training, I would hope, with the handheld to support yeah. those that are intimidated by technology, period. Right. I mean, we we have, um, again, it varies a bit by country. Uh, I can speak at least for the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we have something we call um, the, the pot promise. And um, in the U.S., we have a 45-day um, limited money-back guarantee. And uh, if you don't, if you don't, can't get used to the, 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 the device within that period of time, um, you can you can return um, the device and any unused uh, products, um, actually any product throughout that period of time. So, I mean, the, the, we, we've tried to at least reduce the barrier um, to allow people at least the experience and see for themselves how they feel about it. Um, so they have that protection at the beginning. If this just doesn't jive with them, and they're not they're not getting it it's just not yeah. working for them they have that protection of a 45 day back out that's right and uh in canada that that period is 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 uh is 90 days there are just some different sort of regulations running from provinces etc that we just sort of adhere to but yeah absolutely there's that protection and and um we don't want to you know, I think this is where people look at, at the industry as, you know, we're a company and we're trying to sell people a product. Really what we honestly just want to do is work with people to ensure that they're getting the best um, uh, product and solution for themselves. And um, we don't believe that there's uh, one right solution for everybody, um, but we believe that the solution that we've come up with is, is unique and it helps a lot of people gain the advantages of pump therapy where they otherwise probably wouldn't. And um, well, we're very excited about that. It sounds wonderful. And, and again, I've been taking injections for 38 years, and I just started to think about the pump. But what really stopped me again was all the apparatus, the tubing. Uh, it really did look like a small cell phone that was attached to you. I just didn't like any of that. And I thought, well, if I'm doing well with multiple injections, I'm just going to leave it. When I became aware of Omnipad and it being tubeless mm -hmm. it really caught my attention and the yeah. idea that it was so so small and there's always room for improvement 
with yep. diabetes. It's not perfect, and we are all individuals, and everything can look very different for us. But another tool of delivering insulin in such you know, an easy way, and I like the idea that people can support you and help you, which yeah. I haven't really had or called upon. I became, like I said, the super diabetic where I could do everything myself, but we all need help from time to time. And the idea that it's user-friendly for, for those that aren't used to giving injections and they don't have to look at it, I think is wonderful. Yeah. Along with the handheld device. Exactly. I mean, we, we, this is something that we're fighting against um, on a daily basis, of course. It can be very, very hard to broaden awareness and provide the education that enables everybody to see that a pump is not something that is overly um, complex. It, it's a tool and it, it can do more things. It allows you to better fine tune your um, your insulin to your daily needs to gain a tighter um, degree of control. It is a partnership between you and the product, just like you know, you and your your pen, or how how you administer insulin. Um, it's not an artificial intelligence. It's not going to do all the work for you. It's still a partnership, but it's you know the the mental image that pumping is something overly complex is uh, is something that we're obviously um, trying to to um, to help maybe inform better that that you know pumping today is is not is not something that should scare people. I think it's um, if if you haven't considered it before, it's it's worth a, a shot. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that. I think it's worth talking to our healthcare providers about the pump. Absolutely, especially if you have a level now of comfort after hearing that. If you're daunted by the ideas of, and again, I've heard this harpooning yourself, which is not mm -hmm. in the equation, and having something without tubes that just sits on the body, quite small, quite light, that can administer our insulin. It can really help in the way that. You know, adjusting insulin can be difficult, but if you could get on a little scheme like this where, you know, you're not having to wait the 24-hour period. If I, if I don't know, if my nighttime insulin, my long-acting insulin is off, I it takes me a few days or at least 24 hours because I give it once a day. Yeah. There's not the same reaction. So this seems in many ways that we have to work with it. So again, mm -hmm. I, I think people were, had the concept that it just did everything for you. You still have to have that relationship, but you're going to have to have it with a pen. You're going to mm -hmm. have to have it with a disposable needle. You have to yeah. have it anyways. But at least you're getting some support. And you're, I like the idea that it adds in uh, the food counts for you. That's very supportive. If you mm -hmm. have something often, it must be wonderful for the elderly and people trying to help them. And also with children, it must be fantastic. But I would like that too. Yes, no so doubt about it. It would be something that now that I've known more about and having, um, you know, I, I'm quite comfortable after having diabetes 38 years taking an injection, but it would be wonderful. I don't know what I would do. What yeah. would I do with my time? <laughs> I'm laughing. I, wow, this would be so empowering. Jeez, I, where's well, my needle? You, where's my where needle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's um it's funny. We we used uh, a phrase at one point in time. 
um, where we say, you know, we're, we're trying to, to reduce the, the amount of time that you spend on this so that there's more room for, for the rest of life. And um, again, you, you go on YouTube and you see all the passionate users that are you know describing all the different things that they're able to do. Uh, we have an ambassador that we work with a lot. Uh, his name is Sean Bosby, um, professional snowboarder. He's traveled all seven continents snowboarding out in the wilderness, and you know he uses Omnipod because uh, he you know needs that extra control with his um, with his type of activity and. He couldn't use a different type of system because he had issues with insulin freezing uh, in, 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 in tubing. But because Omnipod is tubeless, it sits on your body and it keeps uh, you know warm with the body. So Omnipod has enabled him to uh, go out in those instances and, and, um, and do what he loves to do. And now, not all users of these kinds of, you know, athletes uh, like this, you know, we have a lot of athletes that, you know, have kind of gravitated to the system because they're very uh, demanding regimen, you know, triathletes, um, Olympic skiers, again, professional snowboarders, all these different people have now found a solution that um, enables them to, to gain the control that they require and actually will work with their schedule, with this very demanding schedule of theirs. Um, so these are some ambassadors, case stories of, of people that have become empowered to do more. And I think it's another really important side of, of our discussion here. We talk a lot about some of the clinical advantages, um, but the quality of life aspect, we can't forget about that. And, you know, when we go to work every day, knowing that we have, you know, more than one of the biggest, you know, we have an amount of people that you, know, you could fill out one of the biggest stadiums in the world, right? And you just look around and say, all these people where we're literally making a change in people's lives every single day. It's so empowering also um, to be part of this. And um, it's uh, it's very fulfilling. I, I'm so happy that you brought up the temperature issue. It's not something that I thought of because I'm not snowboarding. But what a great uh, thing for things to, for for people to think of actually is the temperature. So that way, this insulin does not freeze because you don't have the tubing. That, it, that is really something. And in bringing that up, you you've reminded me when I have been traveling, and I am the driver, and I've had to pull over and I've had to give myself an injection because it was time. Yeah. And this would really take some of this. Off the uh, off the board completely, and give you, as you said, uh, and as I had stated, wow, freedom Absolutely. from multiple injections. So there's a whole yeah. lot of benefits, and and again, definitely worth talking to our healthcare providers. To quickly mention where we are available uh, currently, we market in the U.S. and Canada. And then we have a distribution partner in Europe um, by the name of Ipsomet. That's Y P S O M E D. Uh, they're a great company based in Switzerland, and they have Omnipod as part of their My Life Diabetes portfolio. And they currently uh, provide the Omnipod in the UK, Germany, Netherlands, Switzerland, Austria, Norway, Sweden, Italy. And then lastly, we also have our product available in Israel. Our partner there is Geffen Medical. That's G-E-F-F-E-N. Um, if you go to our website, myomnipot.com, 
there is a section there where you can find the information about um, uh, these uh, partners that we work with outside of the U.S. as well. Which is wonderful. So that thank you for sharing that with us, for the listeners that live outside of North America. And thank you for joining me today. I've learned so much about the pump. So much has been cleared up on what my perception was of it, which was a little daunting, a little scary. <laughs> and, and really, this sounds like a wonderful choice, and I will be somebody who is definitely aggressively looking into this. Excellent. That um, makes me very happy. And you- <laughs> well, thank you. It makes me very happy, too. I love choices and this seems to have a lot of choice and freedom associated with uh, with it. I'll be sharing with some of my uh, diabetic friends that have been had have had diabetes as long as myself, if not longer. And that's something else I want to bring out to people. I've been a diabetic for 38 years, and I have friends. In fact, in previous episodes, I've interviewed one, 45, and, and we're counting. And uh, it, the more. You understand that you have freedom. There's not always has to be a horror story to tell to do with diabetes because that's one of the pet peeves a lot of people have is we always hear horror stories and you can hear horror stories with anything, but you want to manage your diabetes with ease and you want to manage it as well as you can. We're not perfect, but these tools are fantastic in doing that and having choices and having quality of life. Exactly. Having said that, thank you so much for being my guest today. Definitely I'll be looking into this and talking to my healthcare provider, my endocrinologist about that. For those of you that use your family doctor, whomever your healthcare provider is, have a look at this. It sounds marvelous. And if you have any questions additional to this, please email me, Anita at anitacoach.ca, and follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.